0: Ravi Ragbir is a resident of New York City, he's lived in this country for 25 years. Um, He is a longtime immigration rights advocate, and he is a co-founder of the New Sanctuary Coalition, uh, who have been organizing sanctuary for uh, immigrants of many kinds who are threatened with deportation. On January 11th, hundreds of activists gathered in downtown New York City at Federal Plaza. Ravi Ragbir was going to his regular check-in with Immigration Customs Enforcement. Um, This happens to immigrants all the time. You go in, you check in, they ask you questions, and then you walk away and go back to your life. On January 11th, Ravi was detained. He fainted. And was removed from the building in an ambulance. That ambulance was surrounded by activists who were prepared to go to jail and more uh, to stop the ambulance and prevent his deportation. I
1: would like $2,000. I thought
2: they would tear my spirit down, but they're not. Because we have a support team. This is bigger than Jeannie, this is bigger than Robbie. This is about immigrant rights. When I say immigrant rights, I want you to say human rights. Immigrant rights. Human rights. Immigrant rights.
1: Human rights. I'm
2: pissed the hell
0: off. When the ambulance left the building, a group of people surrounded it, including elected officials and uh, faith leaders, including myself and many members of the Stop Shopping Choir. What ensued could be described as a rugby match. The the police were quite violent, um, very physical. Uh, They were picking us up and throwing us, throwing us to the ground, putting us in chokeholds. In the end, 18 people were arrested that day and um, they were only held for a few hours, but it was certainly, um, in my experience here in New York City, one of the roughest protests I've ever participated in. And now we'll go to an interview with Sarah Gazzalo of the New Sanctuary Coalition, recorded just after Ravi Rugbier was detained on January 11th. Sarah.
3: Hello, oh, Sarah. Hi, Welcome, guys. To Welcome to The
0: Earth How Wants you? you. Hi. Thank you for
4: having me. It's always such a pleasure to speak to you guys.
3: The Earth Wants You, Sarah.
0: Sarah, we always <laughs> ask um, our guests... Uh, what their favorite place on earth is, just to describe it for a a few seconds or a minute or so, your favorite place on Mm -hmm. earth.
4: Right now my favorite place on earth is Judson Memorial Church, the office I share with Rabbi Ragbier that has become a home to me and where I find all my strength to keep struggling against all odds. I would say that's my favorite place oh, right
3: Sarah, now. Oh, Sarah, that's that's so moving. We miss Ravi, and he's so present. Um, he since is. He was,
5: yes. Since he was
3: since he was detained at his check-in interview at the federal building in downtown New York, mm-hmm. taken by the by the feds. Um, mm-hmm. Can you describe what you know about about what happened on that uh, during the interview?
4: Yeah. Ravi had his um, routine check-in. We had suspicions that he was going to be detained because the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency has been targeting leaders all over the country, including one of the co-founders of the New Sanctuary Coalition, G. Montreville, who is on his way back to Haiti today. And so we had a feeling that Ravi would be detained during this check-in, but Even with this information, Ravi never cowered. Ravi never thought twice about not showing up to his check-in, and he went in and indeed was detained by ICE, and was moved immediately to a detention center in Miami, away from his community, away from his family, away from his legal team. And we believe um, they did this because they want to deport him as fast as possible.
3: I understand that he lost consciousness uh, during the interview.
4: Yes, yes. Um, He was told to go to the 10th floor, which is not where usually people check in with eyes. And uh, the officer in charge of his case, apparently, I wasn't there, unfortunately, but he was verbally abusive against uh, Ravi. And so at some point, Ravi just said he was about to block out, and he did for a few seconds which is why then he um, was taken out in an ambulance from Twenty Six Federal Plaza.
0: Sarah, I know these are hard times um, for Ravi's family and his colleagues, people who are very close to him, um, but I know mm-hmm. you're the first to always remind everyone that there are many people um, facing similar action by the feds every single yes. day. So maybe you could tell mm-hmm. our listeners a little bit about What you're doing, I'm sorry, at the New Sanctuary Coalition for all those other people.
4: Thank you. Um, The New Sanctuary Coalition, first, let me say we unapologetically and publicly stand against all detentions and deportations. Um, We believe no one should be deported. We have several programs people can get involved in. We have an immigration clinic every Tuesday night at 6 p.m. at NYU Law School, where we help friends, which is the term we use for our immigrant community with their legal paperwork. Uh, We have an accompaniment program where U.S. citizens are paired up with immigrants who have to go to court or to ICE check-ins by themselves because, unfortunately, um, they don't have the right to to an appointed attorney. You only get an attorney. You can pay for one if you're an immigrant. Mm. And so we have community meetings. We have programs that everyone can get involved in. And I would like to say at this point, I believe that we, if you are not involved in the struggle, you are complicit in the actions of this administration. Oh, Earth
3: ya Yes.
4: Yes. We can't be um, neutral our website, right now. We cannot. No. We cannot. And our website is newsanctuarynyc.org. You can find all our information there. Get involved. Get involved in your communities. Meet your friends. Meet your uh, immigrant community. And be a, create body systems with them. Protect them. Stand shoulder to shoulder with them. They need it. We all need it.
0: Can we talk a little bit about the signals that we have to send as citizens and allies of, of friends, as you call them, Um, how we send signals to them, to people in the immigrant community, that we are uh, willing to work for them, to help them, to fight for them. Um, I know there's a lot of ways we can do that um, without endangering people. Um, So what are some of the ways we can send that signal?
4: Honestly, Savitri, at this point, I feel like we need to make the connection person to person Mm -hmm. and accompany our friends. To meetings, accompany our friends to their hearings, accompany our friends to the doctor. We need to create that person-to-person bond.
0: Mm, amen. Right. I know we're here in New York City um, where these issues are more visible. Um, across uh-huh. the country, we have a lot of listeners who are in places where immigrants are much more um, concealed, shall we say. I don't know how to yes. describe it. Um,
3: are there Justin Memorial kinds of... Centers in other cities?
4: Yeah, there are sanctuary spaces in other cities, and I think people can find them online. Find your, and actually, as an immigrant, you should go to the church where you go to and demand that it becomes a sanctuary mm, space. Mm. Um, but there are other spaces that are already sanctuaries, and most sanctuary spaces are public. Go to those spaces, um, help, get involved with the community, and uh, if you have family or friends, ask them to start a sanctuary space in their um, in their churches, in their houses of worship. Um, we are. I believe, I don't know what else to say, but it feels like we're at war Mm
6: -hmm. Mm -hmm. and
4: we need to respond with kindness, with love and with light to this oppression and this intimidation. And I think that the only way to do that and the only way to do it successfully is by building community. Mm -hmm. Our friends are incredibly courageous. It's not that they're not afraid. They are afraid, but they're also courageous but they need to know that their backs are protected, that there's a community there that has their back. And once they understand that, they show up. And they show up, they're the first ones to show up.
3: Uh, We have to believe that our hearts are our own, that we are protected by who we are. We're protected by Mm -hmm. the love we feel for the people around us.
0: But also the obligation. Exactly. And I want to return to what you said about um, being complicit now, if you're not helping in some way. And I yes. think, as citizens, you know, um, or even as partial citizens, like some of us are, with more safety than others, you know, uh, we we all know immigrants in this country. You can't live in this country and not know immigrants. If you don't, we're all immigrants. Right. That, means, that means that you're not looking up. That means that you're not making right. eye contact. Mm. That means you're not paying attention right. to who's around you because this country has so many immigrants.
4: Vitri, let me tell you that uh, Thursday, January 11th was one of the most devastating days for me when I got that text message on my phone saying uh, he's been detained and I looked at the hundreds of people walking around 26 Federal Plaza and I thought I have to organize everyone now and I felt despair but that 20 minutes later, when I saw you getting pushed by the NYPD, when I saw Reverend Billy screaming, when I saw all of you putting your bodies in front of that ambulance, I immediately regained my strength oh, and I just want to thank you. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart because you gave me the strength that day to not just scramble and fall on the ground, which is what I wanted to do, but to say, all right, what are the next steps? How are we going to get Robbie back?
0: Sarah, you so much. I would do the same again today and I would do it for, you know, so many people. I think we, we um, all have to discover in ourselves, you know, where the struggle is, where it takes place physically. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's hard in the, in the current situation. Can I ask you where Ravi is
3: right now? Um, Is he in Miami? Ravi
0: is being held at the Chrome Detention
4: Center in Miami. There is a hearing today and his legal team is trying to convince the judge that he orders that he is sent back to New York where his family and community are. We'll know if that is successful tonight. I don't, I'm not actually sure of the time, but I will definitely let you guys know. And so the first step is to bring Ravi back to New York and then get him out of detention.
3: We pray for Robbie's return. We we extend our love to Amy and his his family, his friends, his loved ones. Um, Ravi, if somehow this reaches you, uh, Sarah and Savitri and Billy talking here, we love you. Thank you for your strength. We're with you. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah.
6: Amen.
0: Ravi Rugbeer's legal team uh, worked very hard to bring him back up to New York State and to the city where his family is. Um, they did that by filing a number of petitions, a uh, habeas corpus, which requires that he be here in person. So he was returned to New York State. On the 29th of January, uh, uh, Judge Catherine Forrest uh, made a decision that released him from detention, though he had been detained at this point for almost three weeks. Um, he was released to his family on the 29th of January. Robbie, 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 Robbie. The day that Ravi was ordered released by Catherine Forrest, it took many, many hours for him to actually be released. And when he finally did return to his community at Judson Church, it was very emotional, very moving for many people. And I think particularly for Ravi, who at that point had been detained for weeks and was obviously exhausted and stressed, but it was amazing to witness.
6: I don't know what to say. Um, this is a surprise. First time I've ever had a surprise party like this. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow, it's been a wild, wild ride. Um, Thursday was its crazy. This has been a long, long t- two weeks. It feels like months. Um, moving, moving, and being transferred all over. They were shockling me. Mm. Shackling me my foot and my hands and they shackling me and I'm saying, you know you're releasing me, right? Why are you doing this? <laughs> oh, yeah. I will say that I've never knew what it meant to have people with me. Until um, until
7: January
6: 11th. And you, know, you all stayed with me. You all were there. You all made it. The issue and the, the, the power of, of the community was felt not only in New York but countrywide and internationally. And what we have to do is uh, just don't, this, this is not a moment for us to, to celebrate. Um, yes, I am happy to be out. But as you know, there's many people who are not. And uh, we have to change this. Um, I have one bit of bad news. I'm sorry. This is why I, I wasn't so happy. <laughs> they told me to come back on February 10th to be deported. So I have to, to report to Immigration and Customs Enforcement on Saturday, February 10th uh, for deportation, for removal they serve me the papers, so I have that in front of me. Um, and yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. I don't know what's gonna happen on February 10th. I do know that with everyone here with me, um, all things are possible. Yes. Um, we are going to change. This is the moment for change, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We have seen the violence. This is the first step, and and you know the, the power of the new sanctuary is not the violence that that is that they expect, but the, the love that we create, and that's what they're afraid of mostly. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're afraid that this tidal wave of love yeah. that is coming from everyone will suck them in. So this is this is what they're afraid of. This is what they're at war with. They're at war with the love that you that you move, the movement. And in the 60s, it was a love movement always a sanctuary movement.
0: From the time Ravi was detained on January 11th, a, a movement built around his case specifically and, and around the, the problem of detention and de- deportation more generally. Um, This is a growing movement in New York City because it is an escalating problem in New York City, which is supposedly a sanctuary city. What we are finding is that it is not a sanctuary city and that immigrants are not safe here. Ravi's case is like a lodestone for that situation. Um, And we see in it the capacity for movement building that this city has on this issue. So while he was detained, there were meetings almost every day. Hundreds and hundreds of people became involved in the movement. Um, And when he was released, there was a joyous celebration at Judson Church. But the celebration only lasted a few minutes because, of course, we turned to the problem of the almost a million people living in New York City without legal documents. Judge Forrest's decision demanded that Ravi report for another check-in 10 days later. And in those 10 days, a lot of organizing happened, a lot of movement building. Uh, Members of the Stop Shopping Choir Uh, occupied a globe at Columbus Circle. There were banner drops, there were arrests, um, and there were community meetings going on all along. Here's a clip from the Earth Wants You radio show.
3: We have three women inside the silver globe owned by Donald Trump that hovers over Columbus Circle. We have Ravi Ragbir, our friend, who is facing deportation this week. Ravi, <laughs> Ravi, we're singing for you. We're with you. We'll keep you from being deported. Amen, praise be. New York! New York! New York! New York.
1: Justice for immigrants! Justice, Justice for immigrants! Justice for all immigrants! For Justice for all immigrants! immigrants. We're neighbors, not judges! We're neighbors, not judges! We love you! We love you! We love you.
0: into the globe at Columbus Circle, which is, uh, for those of you who don't know what it looks like, it's, it's an
3: enormous pl- silver planet.
0: It's the Earth with uh, all the, the continents sort of in flat metal and a kind of it jungle gym like.
3: Radius of 70 feet. It's enormous and it hovers over one of the busiest intersections in the city. And
0: also one of the biggest uh, subway stops in the city, Columbus 59th Circle. 59th Street, amen. So we climbed up in there and we unleashed a banner. It said, Love no borders, stop the deportations. And we occupied that globe for witnessed about, this. we were up there for about, I don't know, 80 minutes. A hundred cops showed up and we were arrested.
3: One cop per minute. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the thing I was most aware of up there was just the, the strength of this city and the just incredible love of immigrants in New York city. And in fact, the very identity of New York city is, is based on immigration is, is immigrantness. That's what we are here. And Um, To look down from that globe and see, make eye contact with so many people who were affirming that Mm. for me. I know that about New York, but I really, it was profound in that situation. And all the way to the paddy wagon, eye contact with people, African people, South American people, European people, you know, regular old American people, whatever that means. Yes, your husband. Yeah. Yeah. But all of us, there was so much solidarity. And I've been protesting for years. I've been on the street probably more than a thousand times. And I have to say, I, I've never felt so much support from passersby and mm. pedestrians than I did um, last week. And I, I do think it's Im- important in New York City right now, and I've been saying this for months on, on this show, but uh, citizens, U.S. citizens, it's, we have to step up now. Um, we have a lot of work to do. Our citizenship is a privilege. We're just born with it, and we can really use it to help people right now. We are at that moment, I'm afraid, at that time has come uh that we have to stand by manifest our, our citizenship our low yes and stand by the more vulnerable people among us and support them and really show our electeds who are vulnerable at the moment because uh there's a a number of bills in in, in the city council that would support immigration and make new york more of a sanctuary city not just in name but in fact like the nypd refusing to work with ICE, not supporting the work of ICE, not providing cover, not providing cop cars, not p- blocking off streets, none of that, no surveillance, like, ICE, you're on your own.
3: And we've got to dedicate ourselves to crossing borders. No nation, no deportation, that's, that's a chant that we entered into yesterday. Which The sanctity of the nation has been so violated by Trump and, and his like that we're actually calling into question, what is the nation? It can't be just the defensive of, of some imagined racial purity or business economic purity and, uh, to the exclusion of people who are helpless. There needs to be a flow of all life across ecosystems. We're radical that way. Amen? We're radical that way.
6: The <laughs> earth
0: We feared that on February 10th, Ravi would once again be detained and then truly deported. And we thought he might have to show up with a suitcase and and leave forever. Um, However, on February 9th, his legal team filed a lawsuit alleging First Amendment violations, um, that that activists were being targeted uh, for speaking out and that they were being punished with detention and deportation. And that lawsuit gave Ravi more time in the United States. And so a a planned protest and civil disobedience on February 10th turned into a rally at Foley Square. He, He did come to Foley Square that day, but he came for a different reason. He came to build a movement. There were hundreds and hundreds of people there elected officials, faith leaders activists, regular citizens, immigrants, all kinds of people were there that day because because they care about this issue. And Ravi stood in front of us and what it felt like to us was, a, was a, a sea change. You can't deport a movement was the theme of the rally. You can't deport a movement. And Ravi has always been very clear on this issue. It's not about Ravi, it's about all of us. It's about all the people. And it's about the very identity of this city and this country.
1: I am here with you i am part of the light brigade we will get through the darkness together the crime of deportation the crime of splitting children away from their parents is a disgrace and a stain on the progress that we have made in this nation so don't forget
3: this saturday at this rally we felt the connection of immigration rights and civil rights we felt that we we felt the 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 integration of civil rights immigration rights and environmental rights the the sexism the racism the, it's it all comes into play and we all end up in this on the face of this earth together all the ethnicities all the ages all the genders and, and we have one thing in common and that is we want to survive and flourish we wish the best for our children doing that together all these issues come together and we become more powerful.
0: Here's the written decision of Catherine Forrest, district judge in the Southern District of New York. There is, and ought to be in this great country, the freedom to say goodbye. That is the freedom to hug one's spouse and children, the freedom to organize the myriad of human affairs that collect over time. It ought not to be, and it has never before been, that those who have lived without incident in this country for years are subjected to treatment we associate with regimes we revile as unjust, regimes where those who have long lived in a country may be taken without notice from streets, home, and work, and sent away. We are not that country, and woe be the day that we become that country under a fiction that laws allow it. Ravi's situation remains tenuous. We don't know what will happen in a month's time. We don't know how long Ravi will stay in the United States. But we do know that his case and his story have ignited a movement against deportation and detention. And that there are hundreds and hundreds of people engaged with this issue right now who are working every day to stop the
2: deportations. My name is Barbara Robin Teresa Lee. And I'm a soprano in the choir. I've been a soprano since February 2005. Yes, that's how long I've been with the choir. And I love every minute of it.
3: Uh, What is your favorite place on earth?
2: My favorite place on earth? My bed. (laughs) I'm serious. When I'm in in bed, when I'm tired, after I had a long day of having fun or whatever, when I crawl in my bed and my cats are next to me, I just know that it's time to chill and I'm out and I'm going to go to sleep. And that's it. No better feeling. I've been in a lot of places all around the world, but when I get home to my bed, that's it.
1: What's your uh, favorite song that the Stop Shopping Choir
7: sang?
2: Ooh, that's a hard one. (sighs) No. It used to be the Beyond song. But actually, and this is something we don't do anymore. The whole Occupy Wall Street thing, the whole thing, the whole, like, half-hour thing that we never do anymore, uh, I love that so much. uh, There's a bunch of songs all wrapped up together, and the one you probably know is... um, the 99%. The 99%. Yeah, that song. I love that song. But there's other songs that attached to it. And it talks about the whole idea of what Occupy Wall Street was about in Zuccotti Park. And it, it's just really beautiful. And if you don't have it, I still have a recording of the whole thing if you want to hear it. As we gather together.
0: The focus of our work at the Church of Stop Shopping has been to illuminate and highlight the activities of ICE in New York City and to really show fellow New Yorkers where ICE operates. Um, That is why we have Bikes Against Deportation at the Varick Street Processing Facility. That is why we spend so much time at Foley Square downtown. ICE has escalated and harshened their tactics. They are posing as police. They are picking up delivery people who are riding e-bikes. They are finding people who have unpaid parking tickets and deporting them for those. There is a war on immigrants in New York City and around the country. Along with many other immigration groups, New Sanctuary Coalition, Make the Road, we have tried our best to show what is happening. In April, we organized uh, the People's Press Conference, which was an effort to highlight the stories, the true and real stories of people who have experienced detention, deportation, any number of things along the way. And we have a clip of that
3: now. Kind of instructed by events to be silent and be invisible, but they stepped forward into the light of day, right there in the shadow of the New York State Supreme Court, and they they talked on a sound system to lots of people about The situation is new Americans facing Trump's police.
6: We know the movement was built and a movement is growing. But a movement is not led by one person. A movement is led by all of us.
5: This
3: is Ravi from our choir. A
6: movement is bringing the voiceless into their life.
3: Here's Guadalupe.
5: I'm here to represent my mom eight years ago she got deported it was something strong for us because i have a younger brother and he had been asking me why eight years he couldn't be with my dad and then now he's here and he wants to be with my mom too and he's afraid it gets me mad that he's afraid that one day he's gonna go home and he's not gonna find my dad because sometimes I does things that he shouldn't be doing so at the end of the day i'm here to present her because I want her to be here with me. I'm not supposed to choose between my mom and my dad being with her on Christmas or being with my dad on Christmas. I have the right, I mean, I was born here, I was raised here, so if I used to have a family here, but I have to leave them because I got to choose between my mom. I mean, I'm not supposed to choose if I'm supposed to have my both parents. Then my little brother starts to tell me that he sees on the news that ICE comes home and they take all, like, your family. He's not supposed to be afraid of going to school
8: and coming back home,
0: and one day not finding my dad. If I don't stand up, who's
8: gonna do it? Oh, amen. And here we have David from Honduras. It's
3: horrible not being able to be with her. It's very hypocritical, actually, that she is not here. Um, I want to ask the police or all people involved with immigration uh, that bring my mother back because I lived with her for 15 years and. Uh, it's horrible uh, the feeling of not being uh, able to share
7: with her and be with her. I love her dearly. Thank you.
0: Uh, here's Lyndon.
7: America is a great country. Listen, I almost cried uh, sitting back there listening to the stories, so I'm not trying to uh, sadden you with my story. Uh, i am Basically, I'm going to keep it uh, short. I've been uh, in this country 40 years. And after 40 years, I found myself as a, a deportee, And that's very sad to me. And, uh, but we're not gonna do that. We're not gonna do that, because I always cried back there. So we're gonna keep it, um, try to keep it happy. So um, we all got to stick together and uh, fight this ICE immigration situation. And with, uh, with everybody coming together and giving a hand we definitely could solve the situation. So we know we could solve this problem once and for all if we try. So uh, I'm not gonna stay too long, I just wanna thank you for being here. Oh. And, uh, Lyndon. I'll Keeping say, it uh, real, Lyndon.
8: Here's how. That question is, que vas a hacer si me llevan? In English, the wor- their words mean, what would you do if they take me away? What will I do without them? This is a question that I had, that I never thought I would face so young. Now there are officers knocking at your door, pretending to be police, but they are eyes. They enter your apartment without any permission, and they take your family away from it. I hope that with your help to help me and others like me, we'll never have to answer that question, what will I do without them?
0: As we worked through the spring with these remarkable activists around the city, uh, certain stories broke through and the public became increasingly aware of the crisis, the war on immigrants taking place. The story of Claudia Gonzalez, a young woman shot dead by border patrol trying to cross in Mexico. Pablo Villavicencio, a pizza delivery man, uh, called into ICE by soldiers at the Fort Hamilton base here in Brooklyn. Uh, And Roxana Hernandez, a trans woman who died of complications of AIDS after being held in ICE detention in an ICE box for four and a half days. We spoke about Roxana on The Earth Wants You. Roxana Hernandez was a transgender asylum seeker who died in ICE custody uh, on the 25th of May. She was 33 year old, 33 years old, and she uh, had applied for asylum um, because it was not safe for her to be in Honduras. She contracted HIV uh, while being gang raped. And she went across Mexico with the so-called uh, migrants caravan, mm-hmm. which you must have all heard about in the news. Um, She was allowed into the country and uh, and successfully applied for asylum and then was transferred a couple of times um, and at one point was held for at least five days in uh, these freezing um, ice blocks, they're called, where the temperatures are extremely low and it's very uncomfortable. Anyone who's been arrested knows that jail is often freezing cold. It's one of the ways they punish you while you're there Um, but this is an extraordinary circumstance and Uh, Roxana, when admitted finally to the facility for trans um, immigrants, was already ill and was shortly taken to the Lovelace uh, hospital in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where she died of complications from HIV. Um, Roxana tried really hard to save her life, and uh, this country failed her in a profound and terrible way Um, there's been a big response i think in new york city uh, to her death Um, trans people as you know are vulnerable to mistreatment in any institutional situation um, and many social situations for that matter but particularly at the hands of law enforcement we know
6: The, Earth
3: you. the New Sanctuary Coalition is a, an intense group of compassionate and effective survivors of ICE is what they are. They, they have been through and some are still in the harrowing immigration process of this country. So we would like to uh, share with you a, an interview with Father Juan Carlos Ruiz, uh, one of the founders of the New Sanctuary Coalition. Juan Carlos.
8: You have this layering of policing, you know, extra policing, Gestapo like, because there are people who roam our streets and go into our homes all geared up, all weaponized, you know, riot gear. They go into our homes of whom, you know? I was just talking this morning uh, with Carlos' family, and Carlos' family, he worked uh, with a company out in Long Island for 17 years, okay? He was last deported like 17 years ago after he was he was beat up by the police, okay? And because the police didn't want to deal with him, you know, they deported him. He came back, he made a family of his own, and he is here. Now he has a deportation order. And they told him, well, we are looking at your case. You can come in because this works like the parole system. People have to check uh-huh, in, uh-huh. Uh, you know, periodically into 26 Federal Plaza. Uh-huh. So Carlos check in, what happens? He's checking in with his lawyer, he doesn't check out. Carlos was sent to Louisiana yesterday because he's on his way to be sh- to be shipped out to now, Guatemala. Now,
3: now he has children.
8: Yeah, now he has two children, one autistic one. He has a mother here who is a resident permanent resident, has brothers who are, I mean, he came from Guatemala because his father had been killed. Now we are sending him back. The government is sending him back to his certain death. I mean, this morning at six o'clock in the morning, the wife is calling me and basically saying, what do we do? What can we do? If you are detained this morning in 26 Federal Plaza, systematically, methodically, by the evening, when you are processed through 201, very strict, which is a processing detention center there, you are shipped out a thousand miles away, mostly. Because why? Bec- because they want you to be cut off.
0: We know this infrastructure has been in place for decades. We know uh, it's a, a for-profit industry, largely, right? We know that yes. people, a lot of people are getting very rich off of it. We also know that it is accelerating to some degree. Is that true?
8: That is true. I mean, last week we had this uh, misnomer of campaign making New York safe where 225 people were rounded up in five days or so. Uh, I've been getting complaints from people that basically uh, ICE was impersonating NYPD. Okay, and we need to denounce this because Mm -hmm. we are a sanctuary city. They cannot be using the law enforcement as a way to cover their darkness, their acts. Uh, People, given that they trust some, at some degree, uh, NYPD, they open the doors. Once they were inside their houses, uh, people, they they basically say, oh, we are immigration police and we are looking for so-and-so. Take, for example, Aura, who is on 4th Universalist on Central Park Avenue Church. Uh, she, uh, after being raped in 2004, 2005, uh, when she was crossing to get away from the violence in Guatemala, uh, she wanted to forget her whole experience, you know? And so she put away her the paperwork that she was given after been in that detention center somewhere in uh, around McAllen, Texas. Mm. Uh, and she was deported in absentia, you know? Uh, this is due to the trauma of not only crossing, but of being raped by a patrol, a border patrol officer, okay? So there is this investigation going on. Um, Aura was told to present herself on March 1st with a one-way ticket to Guatemala you know a year ago less than a year ago one of her brothers because he refused to join the this paramilitary gang you know the maras uh he was killed a year ago and this is his oh second her second brother who got killed in the recent oh years no. so we are talking about people who are really fleeing from this homegrown i keep mm-hmm. saying homegrown violence because the maras were a result of our policies. Right. Yes it's, it's, you it's, know it's. where people who were in prison in the 80s, 90s and they were sent back to their home countries. Mm-hmm. okay uh, And so this is uh, this is what we are exporting, you know uh, we are the purveyors of uh, great violence. and then you have couple with that, you have the smuggling and the free uh, flow of weapons down mm. to the south. Mm. I mean eighty five percent or weapons either in Mexico, you name it. The U.S. made, U.S. expert.
3: We toured with the Stop Shopping Choir up to Bedford, Massachusetts, on the edge of Boston, and encountered for the first time a family in sanctuary under the protection of the community of the church. We sang to Maria, and she told us stories about the visiting of her children. We talked about Maria on um, The Earth Wants You. Maria is uh, has been for four months in sanctuary there. We sang to her. She was up on the balcony above us.
0: What a wonderful
3: woman. With the whole congregation there. And, uh, the the uh, Stop Shopping Choir just singing their hearts out.
0: We would have sung to her for days oh. if she wanted. I, I I would have stood there singing till I... Peeled over, honestly. I feel like i do anything for her.
3: Amen. The a lot of love there. A is lot of
0: reciprocal. You see, the thing is, yeah. it goes in two directions. It's a, a circle. And it is. Um,
3: She's inspiring.
0: giving to us as well.
5: Have
8: you ever
1: been convicted of a crime? Fear for your life. Do you have any skills? Are you a homo-communist? Is there anyone you
0: The Church of Stop Shopping started an action called Bikes Against Deportation. On the third Thursday of every month, we would gather with our bicycles and ride around the Varick Street processing facility in the West Village. Uh, The point of that really was to illuminate and highlight the presence of ice in the heart of our city. Uh, Most people don't know they're operating there. They don't know that people are in shackles. They don't know that people are being deported and detained from that location. Um, There's been an ongoing vigil in that area around that building since the 80s, when there was another immigration crisis with um, Haitian people coming across the waters. So uh, this is an old tradition, and we're updating it with bicycles. For one thing, bicycles take up more space. They make you bigger. You don't need as many people. And it's a way to involve uh, not just pedestrians and uh, uh, people on the sidewalk, but cars. And so we gather on the corner of Houston and Varick, and then we begin slowly riding around the block, slowing traffic, calming traffic.
1: vehicles. There are people in these
3: Each of our Thursdays had its own qualities. In April, we were surprised that ICE was depositing men in shackles and handcuffs right in front of us and trying to march them past us. They didn't get far, they had to put them in in vans and sit there and wait for us to get done with our our 90-minute ritual. But it was a a shock and um, some of us uh, became angry some of us started crying. There was a Somali gentleman that in particular, I remember, was was just very sad. And they always just had t-shirts on. And we realized again, looking back across uh, the experience of Roxana Hernandez and, and how people are put in very cold prison environments. Well, they just seemed to be shivering. And they were on their way to airports to be deported. They were on their way into the jail to be processed. We slowed down their process.
1: Actually,
6: just yesterday at Choir, I asked Cloud why it was important to do the Bikes Against Deportation action, which is happening this Thursday.
3: And Cloud is Rivas.
6: This is Cloud, uh, eating his lunch.
3: <laughs> okay, so we're here at the Stop Shopping Choir practice on the Sunday, and I'm with Cloud, He's eating some sweet potato fries and some sort of an omelette. Uh, Cloud, can I ask you, why is it important for us to do the Bikes Against Deportations action? We have to remind the city that this is a sanctuary city. It's good to frequently protest. It's good to fre- frequently demonstrate to everybody that we don't stand for this. We can't just do it once. We have to do it recurrently so that it becomes a habit and it eventually, eventually people get the message and it becomes normalized that this, this is a sanctuary city. With the Trump administration, a lot of bad things are at risk of becoming normalized. So we have to like normalize the the exact opposite by protesting frequently.
0: In the last couple of weeks, as I'm sure you all know, terrible stories have emerged about family separations and uh, lost children, missing girls, catastrophic spectacle at the borders of this country and increasingly in our cities. The public have responded. The people of the United States have responded, and there is a groundswell of activism and action around the country. Marches, rallies, vigils, phone calls, petitions, every effort possible, it seems to me. The night before the June ride, the pride against deportation, a call went out for people to come to LaGuardia Airport and greet children who'd been separated from their families at the southern border. So hundreds of people went to LaGuardia and waited for these kids to come off these airplanes. That the act of coming to this country to
8: seek refuge is not a crime. That the act of coming to this country to seek refuge is not a crime. That we are with our immigrant brothers and sisters. That we are with
1: our immigrant brothers and sisters.
8: Who are in detention camps right now.
1: Who are
4: country. Okay.
0: On the next day, clearly building on this incredible momentum around the country, pride against deportation, bikes against deportation, was massive. There were hundreds of people there. We arrived, it was a beautiful sunny afternoon. Uh, We had signs, we had a float for Roxana Hernandez. A bicycle float. We had floats with rainbows. We had a huge sign about two stories tall that says, Jeff Sessions, go to hell. People were angry. <laughs> People were on on fire. I mean, there was a real sense of movement in the air. That sign was on
3: fire. The, the, there were flames painted on the go to hell Jeff Sessions, burning up his name. <laughs>
0: of loading dock number five where ice operates and we stood there with that giant sign and people gathered and they came from every direction and there were probably a hundred more than a hundred bicycles there and we started singing and shouting. Reverend Billy was preaching. There was a young Native American woman who spoke. There were immigrants who spoke. Ravi Ragbir spoke. The police were nowhere to be seen. DHS were hiding behind the security hut.
3: It felt like a, a turning point at taking place. It really did. We felt well, this is a social media.
6: Right? Ice which is all we have ice in our hands and they are here because we have to take responsibility because they are here because of us. When I say us, I don't mean we standing in front of in front of their gates, but the American people, and America who has allowed this to happen. So ICE is here because of us. And because of us, we're gonna shut
1: ice down. corruption. All the the profit-taking on your body's misery. We know we have opened a door to that world wider than it's been opened in a long time. We're going to go through that door. We're going to shut down this violence.
0: Today is June 26th. This morning, the Supreme Court of the United States of America upheld President Trump's so-called Muslim ban, changing forever the meaning of the United States of America. In this time, when families are being separated, when dreamers are being forced to go to countries they've never even set foot in. We have to take stock and always remember to look all the way through the picture, look all the way through the story. Find Pablo delivering his pizza and understand that his story is just as important as Claudio Gonzalez shot in the head by Border Patrol. Make all these stories important, take it on yourself.
3: We will be called upon to be courageous in ways that will just be ongoing. This is a social movement. It is utterly, implacably opposed by the Trump Republicans who are standing as one, declaring a radical new kind of racist America. So let's stand together. We're on the move. Woo!
1: Our bodies are the yeah, earth. move! Borders,
8: We're on the move.
1: We're on the moon, washing our borders, burying walls. Love at the gates, that's the sound of justice. justice. Justice, love at the gates.